Allied mission, just in general, is very much aligned with the Community Health Center mission. Here at Allied, we promote care that is comprehensive and quality, and we constantly talk about our mission being good for society, being good for the patient, and being good for the providers. Well, that's essentially what community health centers already do. Welcome to the ACO Show. For this show, we welcome Sarah Kozia who leads Allidaid's efforts to partner with community health centers known as CHCs. She joins Josh and Joe to discuss CHCs, the important role that they play in America's healthcare system, and who they serve. You'll hear about the origins of CHCs, their focus on a complete and integrated approach to health and well-being, and how they fit in with Allidaid's core mission to offer the benefits of value-based care to as many patients as possible. Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, a medical director at Allidade, and we are glad today to be joined by Sarah Kozil, who's a senior manager at Allidade and leads Allidade's efforts in bringing health care to community health centers. And I'm Joe Schunkweiler. I lead adoption and training here at Allidade. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Joe. Hey, Josh. Thank you. So I think it's worth starting out with, what is a community health center? Sure. So community health centers started back by Dr. Jack Geiger. He had gone on a mission in South Africa and had decided that the community health model of villages really working to help each other was one that he wanted to bring back to the States. So beginning with Johnson's War on Poverty, I believe it was 1965, the first community health centers were born. Actually, it's pretty neat that one of the first community health centers in Mound Bayou, Mississippi is part of Allidade now, it's Delta in Mississippi. So really just focused a lot on bringing community health back to its original roots and and making sure that folks in individual communities across the nation are being served holistically. So not just medicine, but sometimes things like food and and appropriate nutrition and, and focuses on housing and safety and even education. There's even health centers that are part of school systems. So really focused on that community approach. Sarah, some community health centers or CHCs are referred to as federally qualified health centers, FQHCs, and some are referred to as rural health centers. Uh, Can you talk about the differences if there is any? First of all, all of them are community health centers. Like you said, they're all under that umbrella. Federally qualified health centers are funded directly from the federal government. They have some specific criteria that they have to meet to become federally qualified health centers. And then rural health centers, as you mentioned, they have a separate set of criteria that need to be met. But basically the gist of it is they both have separate funding streams that allow them to operate. They they need to be able to take all patients regardless of ability to pay. They serve patients that are living and experiencing sometimes extreme poverty but then they also will take patients that have, you know, commercial insurance. So really, like I said, all comers, FQHCs are paid on a prospective payment system and RHCs are paid what's called an all-inclusive rate or AIR. So just a little bit of, you know, different nuances there and how they're paid and how they have to function, how they have to staff their clinics, but a lot of similarities in the patient population that they serve and the, the types of services that they need to offer. Sarah, you and I have, have discussed this previously, but I did most of my clinical work in New York City. And when I learned about um, CHCs and FQHCs in this world, uh, I always thought it was interesting that there's a real overlap between 
the way care is delivered in urban centers like New York um, and in very rural centers like Kansas, which is a large uh, market that Allidate is engaged with. So I imagine that's part of the design here, that you have a model that works in both settings and for patients in need in both settings. So community health centers have really, um, they've taken pride in understanding the community that they serve. So they are very in tune with the demographics of the population within those communities. A lot of times what you'll see in community health centers that's pretty neat is they try to make themselves kind of a one-stop shop for their patients. So they understand all of these, these challenges that their patients are facing and thus will offer things like oral health services. A lot of them have full dentist offices within their clinics. They, a lot of times, will have on-site pharmacy with a clinical pharmacist on hand to be able to answer questions about, you know, medications. Sometimes they have specialists on hand. Many of them have integrated a, a full team of behavioral health providers, some including psychologists and or psychiatrists. So again, just making sure that all of those needs can be met without a patient having to kind of travel all over a specific area to get those services. The demographic breakdown in community health centers is pretty interesting and, and somewhat astounding. Obviously, this depends on, on where you go in the nation. It's going to look different, like you said, Joe, in New York City than it will in Kansas. But by and large, across the nation, community health centers serve about 35% of their patients are Hispanic, Latino, 26% at last glance are in, in the African-American population. 44% of those patients across community health centers are reported as having housing issues. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're experiencing homelessness. Actually, um, it looks like about 2% of them are reportedly actually homeless. And then I think it's a really neat fact that community health centers also serve a significant migrant agricultural worker population. And uh, across the country, it's close to a million CHC patients are actually part of that migrant agricultural worker population. So very transient patients having a lot of different access issues and different needs and, and you know, making sure there's record exchange across the country. And, and another, another one that I'll mention is the veteran population. So at last reporting in 2018, it's about a million veterans served in the nation's CHCs. Sarah, how did you get into the, the CHC world? I know you were uh, intimately involved prior to joining Allidade. What does your your background with this with this clinical structure look like? I had started off with a degree in um, counseling psychology and thought that I wanted to offer therapy for the rest of my life. I thought that would be my career, and um, had started working for a guardianship agency and took on a caseload of patients in three counties in Michigan. Um, that were considered to be complex. Most of them had were somewhere on the spectrum of severe and persistent mental illness to um, severe developmental disabilities. So I was working with those patients and very, very quickly realized the flaws in our health system. I felt very strongly that there was yet another layer of disparity in, in the patient population that we were serving. So it was very difficult to attain even just the, the, the most basic of health services for these patients. I'm not even talking about preventative care. I'm talking about just like if they got sick or if they were injured, it was just very difficult because there was not an ability there for them to pay. And 
you know, it, it's it's not a pretty thing to say, but across the country, it's really hard sometimes to find providers that want to take Medicaid, for example, or take uninsured patients. So I began to explore clinics that would take all comers and learned about CHCs back in, I think it was 2013 that that first started for me. So I, I moved up to Lansing, Michigan and worked for the Primary Care Association in Michigan from then until I started Allidaid in 2019. And, and really worked serving Michigan's community health centers. They have 45 in the state of Michigan and really tried to do my part to make a dent in that disparity and to draw awareness and um, you know promote advocacy for community health centers because they do take all patients regardless of ability to pay, as I said. Uh, most of them have some sort of a sliding fee scale for their uninsured patients, but you know usually take all forms of Medicaid and of course Medicare, and I can just say I'm, I'm constantly reminded that the reason I do what I do is because they are so very inspiring to me. I experienced the responsiveness of community health centers during the water crisis in Flint back in the 2015-2016 timeframe. CHCs, not only from the state of Michigan, um, from you know the opposite coast of Michigan coming to the assistance of the city of Flint, but also CHCs from other states offering help and offering to take patients and um, and come and volunteer and help out. It was truly moving. Um, at the time, the two health centers that we supported in Flint, roughly 70% of their patients were experiencing homelessness. I think once you're a part of that, it's it's not something you can shake. It's just a passion that builds. And so so now, you know, coming full circle, being an Allidade, being able to know what I know from my past and have that drive and have that passion, I am just absolutely thrilled to see that happening in pockets all over the nation in, in the partner health centers that we work with. American healthcare often just seems so harsh, sort of Hobbesian, where if you lose your job, you lose your health insurance. If you end up in the emergency room unexpectedly, you you can wake up with thousands of dollars of unexpected surprise medical bills. But there are these pockets of these great things going on like this that really seem more dedicated to caring for their community. Accountable care organizations have mostly dodged becoming a, you know, a partisan issue. And it sounds like CHCs also, that they're, they're doing this good work for the communities they serve. Um, you know, it isn't supported or fought against by one side or the other. Um, so my questions are, one, are they in a safe place? And if the way I've described them is correct, why would that be? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tentatively say, yes, they're in a safe place, just simply because they are, they are so incredibly important. And I think that that is getting more and more recognition. But they're funded by the federal government. And when you talk about partisan issues, yeah, it gets scary sometimes to know where, you know, where that budget is going to land. You know, I think that in the wake of a pandemic, we realize how absolutely critical it is um, to have these to have these clinics in these communities. So many of them have set up even even just like a parking lot care for for folks that are in their community, drive through testing sites, abilities to triage patients that you know we we don't want them to come inside of a clinic and potentially infect others. So the stimulus package, and most of that rolled out back in March, it allocated millions of dollars to community health centers. And I think that that 
in and of itself draws recognition to the fact that as a nation, we see significance and um, much importance in the work that they do. So my my guess here is that as we move forward and in, in the question being, are they safe? I think that they are alive and well, and I think that there's enough people that support what's known as the health center movement to keep this mission going for a long time. Sarah, CHCs are different than a lot of Allidaid's uh, general practices, which are mostly independent primary care practices. How do you see uh, CHCs fitting into Allidaid's growth model? Allidaid's mission, just in general, is very much aligned with the Community Health Center mission. Here at Allidaid, we promote um, care that is comprehensive and quality, and you know, we we constantly talk about our our mission being good for society, being good for the patient and being good for the providers. Well, that's essentially what community health centers already do. And they've been doing that for quite some time. Integrated care has become a priority in community health centers. True integration is a picture of when primary care and behavioral health, when they're all integrated into not only a building, an actual physical location, but taken a step farther and looking at having those different providers from those different disciplines working together to communicate about a single patient and then replicating that for all of the patients that they serve. From my perspective, when I see what they're doing, and I've spent a lot of times a lot of time in the clinics experiencing what they're doing and kind of walking along side by side and sometimes having the the absolute privilege of doing some shadowing myself, that just fits with value-based care. So what we do at Allidate is we take this model that they're already doing and we set this new overarching priority to give them credit for what they're already doing. So if they're serving their patients in this comprehensive and super efficient manner that is not only good for society and good for the patient and good for the providers, but also putting their patient in the driver's seat and giving them a lot of education and a lot of uh, ability to self-advocate they're offering value-based care. We just need to get them into this uh, rhythm of essentially getting paid for it and reaping the benefits of what they're offering. So I think that the Allidade model just, it feels like a very natural fit in community health centers. Sarah, how have we thought about supporting that work specifically through data, technology, all of those kind of things that are part of our real playbook here at Allidade, but maybe more nuanced for the CHCs? Yeah, certainly. So in, in community health centers, one thing I didn't mention here is that, you know, when, when you're comparing a community health center to an independent practice, the independent practice tends to be physician-owned practices, right? So those providers have everything at stake. And so when they sign a contract with Allidade, they they know that they are the ones that are going to implement the work to create the outcome. In a community health center, that's very different. So CHCs by and large are more of an employment type situation where the providers are employed by the community health center organization. There is sort of a parent organization with an administrative side, a, a CEO, a COO, what have you. And then those providers are, are hired by that organization. So there is not as much incentive, if you will, for those providers to um, jump through perhaps additional hoops to make things work for value-based care. But what there is, is a mission to serve. Typically, there's, there's just a different heart and mindset with those providers to serve the patients in their community to the best of their ability. So they do 
really understand the things that Alidaid, you talk about our playbook, they, they really understand that it makes sense to them from a quality perspective. Um, certainly, we should be telling our payers how complex or how sick our patients are. And certainly when you're dealing with patients that are, you know, perhaps facing major disparities, they become complex even before you touch their primary care issues. There's a whole slew of issues that need to be addressed and they're doing that. So these, these providers and these community health centers, um, even the administrative staff, they understand the need to, to fully document those things. So I think risk is something that Allidaid promotes really well and does a really good job with community health centers. They're, they're really um, coming along. I've seen such an improvement in um, just the uptake of risk coding suggestions and, and making sure that they're documenting the complexity of those patients. I think they're also really understanding that, you know, we have to comprehensively head to toe serve these patients. We need to make sure that their behavioral health is addressed and their primary care is addressed and that we're, we're obviously coming up with a plan, um, possibly a care management plan for folks that have multiple comorbidities. This is the kind of transformation that needs to happen to serve all of your patients and to focus on wellness and to, to really promote value to every single visit that you do. And so I think that we do a really great job of, of transforming those workflows in the health centers that we partner with. Sarah Koziel, Senior Manager at Allidaid and leader of our FQHC CHC work. Thanks for joining us on the ACO Show. Thanks for having me. The ACO Show is produced by Brittany Barnes and Hannah Posner. Theme music is by Donna Korn. You can listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ACO Show.